0: It is more important now than ever for families to instill the values they want into their children and equip them to make better choices in life. Timeless truths will inspire you to do just that. Thank you to my friend Daryl Rolark, the recording artist, composer, and producer of this music called Beautiful Soul. Good day, everyone. Welcome to Timeless Truths, and I am your host, Dr. Christine Van Horn. This is episode 29, and it is called The Value of Work. Today, I want to talk to you about work and its value. Sounds like a simple topic, but there is a side you may have never thought of, and I want to discuss that with you. In today's society, we see so many people wanting to not work. In fact, they just want things handed over to them for free. Recently, a story that made the headlines was an over 21-year-old lady who was complaining on social media that she had to work a 40-hour work week. She said she could not do it because it interfered with her social life. She sure got this mixed up, and truly many people do today. When I was younger, teenagers worked as soon as they were of age. In fact, I worked before I was of age, and my parents had to sign a work permit for me to allow me to be able to do that. But I had such a great desire to go to work. You know, these teenagers, they worked, and hopefully many still do, at places like fast food restaurants, stores, and similar places. I'm not seeing as much of that today. Work is God's plan. God worked. Did you ever think about that? God instituted work for himself and others of his creation. According to Genesis chapter 2, verses 2 and 3, by the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested from the work of creating all he had done. So this is in scripture and it explains God worked. So if God worked, we really need to be doing the same thing. And actually from the beginning, God had a plan for a man to work as well. Genesis 2.5 says, no shrub of the field had yet appeared on the earth and no plant of the field had yet sprung up For the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth, and there was no man to work the ground. Hmm, there it is. But after the creation of man while still in Eden, God created man who would do that work. The Lord God took man and put him in the garden in Eden to work it and take care of it. And that's Genesis 2.15. And God's plan for man to work continued after the fall of man, and after Adam and Eve were removed from the garden in Eden. So this is Genesis chapter 3, verses 23. So the Lord God banished him from the garden in Eden to work the ground from which he had been taken. But see, now there's going to be a change because Adam and Eve are no longer in the Garden of Eden. God said, and this is Genesis 4.12, When you work the ground, it will no longer yield its crops for you. You will be a restless wanderer on the earth. See, this time after they left Eden, the work was labor, labor. And it was met with difficulty, and it wasn't the original joy that God intended for them to do in the Garden of Eden. Let's look at a couple other references to, to work. Wages for labor were recorded in the relationship between Jacob and his father in law, Laban. Genesis 29 to 31, those are the chapters, contain the story of Jacob requesting his wages be paid by allowing him to marry Laban's daughter, Rachel then Laban tricked him by arranging this marriage to his daughter Leah instead. So in order to marry Rachel, Jacob needed to work for Laban for another seven years. You know, today, just as a side thought, there might be a bit more thought on getting married if man needed to work for seven years for the right to marry a man's daughter, and then with that man's permission. Chapters twenty-five through thirty in the book of Exodus contain God's instructions for the Israelites to make the tabernacle of the Lord and all of its furnishings. And that was work. These were God's direct instructions to them for work. The instructions they were specific, and they took special talents. It took craftsmen skilled in woodworking and weaving and metalworking and embroidery. These instructions were very specific and obedience to the instructions was necessary, for it revealed God's plan. The tabernacle in the desert was a model for the coming Savior and all he would fulfill. Those craftsmen might not have thought that their skills were that important, but they had those skills because God needed them for his purpose at that time in the wilderness. Work is God's plan for our lives, and as such, it is guided by his principles. So whom do we work for? Let's focus on us in modern day. We have bosses and supervisors and business owners, and if we work for them, we really need to respect them and follow their leadership. But ultimately, we are responsible to God who created us and he created work. Let me read this. This is out of the book of Colossians 3, verses 23 and 24. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. So when we work, yes, we do work for earthly supervisors and bosses, but ultimately, we're working for the Lord. So we need to do it well. We need to do that work with all of our heart, as the scripture says. Once you think about that, that really puts an interesting perspective on things, doesn't it? Now let's move ahead in scripture and let's look at Solomon. Solomon knew that God needed to be in charge of one's work. This is what Solomon said in the book of Psalms. This is Psalm 127, verse 1. Unless the Lord builds the house, its builders labor in vain. And that's Psalm 127, verse 1. Today, if people selected their jobs with this kind of concern for it being in the will of God, there would be less workplace problems and random job changes in one's life. For now understand whatever we do, we ultimately work for God. It is our duty to follow his direction, which is found in the word of God. Just as an employee must follow a company rules and regulations or employee handbook, we Christians must follow our employee handbook. That's the word of God, the Bible. So let's ask the question, why work? What about someone who does not want to work? He's against the will of God. What about someone who does not want to do a good job with the job he has? He is against the will of God. Paul provided instruction to the church at Thessalonica. Chapter 3 of the book of Thessalonians is dedicated to the issue of working and not being idle. It was important enough that a whole section was dedicated to this topic. This is 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 6 to 10. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we command you, brothers, to keep away from every brother who is idle and does not live according to the teaching you received from us. For you yourselves know how you ought to follow our example. We were not idle when we were with you, nor did we eat anyone's food without paying for it. On the contrary... We worked night and day, laboring and toiling so that we would not be a burden to any of you. We did this not because we do not have a right to such help, but in order to make ourselves a model for you to follow. For even when we were with you, we gave you this rule. If a man will not work, he shall not eat. Let me repeat that again, because it's really important. If a man will not work, he shall not eat. This direction is really clear. It's really precise. And nothing has changed in this instruction since the early church, since it is the written word of God, and it always remains true. To be in obedience to the word of God, we must work and not be idle. We must also instruct those who do not follow this example as a brother, which means in brotherly love and not in anger or unbrotherly attitude. This says that if a man will not work, he should not be fed. This means no handouts to those who will not work. Even family members, if they are older, like you have someone who's over 21 and out of college and just living in your house and they don't want to work, it is ungodly if you feed them. They need to work. Even if they are working for you or if they are working in the house, they, I mean, they need to work. They really need a job, but they need to work or you should not feed them. Using welfare as a means of support without working is also direct disobedience to the word of God. However, most people on welfare who are abusing the system are probably not aware that their actions are against the word of God but this is a message that we Christians should vocalize to the world in a brotherly instructing manner. Many who have abused this system, might turn to Jesus and correct this wrongdoing in their lives. If only they were told. So if you hear this on this podcast and you have an opportunity to tell someone in a brotherly manner, not as harsh correction, but instruct them in a godly way that they need to work in order to eat. Let's look at God's purpose for your life. This was something that I had pondered over time, and I found an answer to this in the word of God. And I wondered, why was I born where I was and when I was in time? And there's a scripture that really answers that. So if you've ever had that question for yourself, there's a scripture that answers it. You are who you are, you live where you do, and you have the skills that you have all for God's purpose. And the answer to this is out of Acts 17, verse 26. And it says, from one man, he made every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he determined the time set for them and the exact places where they should live. Let me read that last part again, and that's out of Acts 17.26. He determined the times set for them and the exact places where they should live. So that answers that question. It's really amazing. Think about it. If you wish you were born in a different geographical location or a different era, that's not in line with the word of God. Because God puts you in the geographical location and at the exact time where you are to be and that's because god has a purpose for your life he's in control of your life but god gave man the ability to choose so you can choose to follow god or not whether you choose to follow god he gave specific talents and gifts to you for the purpose he had desired and this is romans 8:28 and it says and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. So it says we have a purpose. We've been called to it. God has called us to that. He's called us to our purpose. Now we have all been called, but not all accept the calling. You might accept the salvation of Jesus and know you are heaven bound, but not accept the calling he has placed on your life for the purpose he intended you to live. But once you accept the calling, you're working for God's purpose, but you need to accept that calling. That does not mean that we are all called into full time ministry, although some are. It does mean that we are called to let God show himself to the world through us, wherever we are and in whatever we do. God placed us where we are, in the time frame we live in, with special skills for a reason and not random chance. He's got that purpose for our lives. Now, Christians are needed in all walks of life. Otherwise, the devil would have full control of everything. Christians are needed in stores to provide Christ's kind words while people are taking care of their family's needs. Christians are needed in the medical field to be the hands of the Lord to assist in healing. Christians need to raise families according to the word of God. Christians are needed in business to ensure the financial arena of this world is not entirely under Satan's domain. Christians are needed in government to allow the flow of God through those lines of authority. Christians are needed as teachers to teach young minds to be open to the workings of God in all things of life. God put us where we are with the skills we have for a reason. He looks at us from a bigger perspective than we can see. He works by purpose and not by chance. It is our duty to honor what God has given us. We must use all the gifts and abilities he's given us to do what he wants us to do. The difference between what a person can do with his life and what he actually does is his commitment to the Lord. As an example, the difference between a drug addict singer in a secular hard rock band and a worship leader is his salvation and commitment to the will of God, commitment to fulfill the purpose that God has for their lives. Now, I'm not saying that every person in a rock band is a drug addict and not in the will of God, but what I'm saying is look at this example. It's an example between a drug addict singer in a secular hard rock band and a worship leader. Now, that worship leader might have started out that first way, but he accepted the Lord into his life, and made a commitment to God to live out his purpose. That person might have been given his singing talents to honor God by leading praise and worship, but instead he let the ruler of this world, Satan, be his boss, which included turning his life over to drugs. However, it's so much easier for a person who does not use his skills for God to follow the leadership of Satan instead of the leadership of God. So salvation is most important. Commitment to God is most important. Fulfilling your purpose in this world is most important. I love this verse. It's Ephesians 2.10. For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. God has a plan for our lives. He plans for us to do good works. We are his workmanship. He created us. He gave us a purpose. He prepared that purpose in advance. But we need to fulfill it. We need to accept it, and we need to fulfill it. Whatever job you have, be thankful for it. Ecclesiastes 5.9 states that, Moreover, when God gives any man wealth and possessions, and enables him to enjoy them, to accept his lot and be happy in his work. This is a gift of God. It means your job is a gift of God. You need to be happy in what you are doing. Enjoyment of a person's work is a gift from God. When you hear someone say that they enjoy their profession, let them know that this is one of God's gifts to them. It's such a simple, happy thought to leave with someone. It's uplifting, it's edifying, and it's according to the Word of God. This next verse is 1 Timothy 4 4. If a person enjoys his work, it is important for that joy to be expressed in thanksgiving to God. For everything God created is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving. But what if a person doesn't enjoy his work? He should seek the Lord to request direction for his life. He may not be where God intended him to be. He may have taken a course alternate to God's will. You will be tested. Life is full of tests, and they are not always easy ones. Even when you are working within God's will, God will test you. 1 Corinthians 3.13 says, His work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each man's work. The fire is like the refiner's fire, burning out all of the impurities. That is why God tests us. He burns the impurities to bring us to a new level of excellence. I was just listening to a podcast by John and Lisa Bevere on character, and John Bevere was talking about a refiner's fire, and he showed his gold ring and he said, "This is not a hundred percent pure gold, but what is done to refine gold is to be putting it into a fire, and the impurities burn to the surface." Now, if you were really to wear a hundred percent pure 10 carat gold ring, it would be soft and it wouldn't be sturdy. And that's why it has some of the other allies within it. But his point was that God tests us like a refiner's fire and he burns out the impurities in our life to bring us to that new level, to make us be a person of character. And he said, it's so important that You are a person of character that matches the calling that God has on your life. So if there's something God's called you to do and it hasn't happened quite yet, you may be in this time of testing. God may be burning those impurities out of your life to get you to the character level that you need to be for that calling on your life. So where you are and what you do uses the talents that God gave you if you're willing to use them, how you respond to the situations you are confronted with is also no accident. How you respond to them is a test. It's part of the testing that God puts you through and it's to get those impurities out of your life. So you have to ask yourself, will you pass the test or have to take it again? So let me give you an example. If you are in a situation that just kind of keeps recurring, the same thing happens. You get a job, you have problems with your boss, you leave. You get another job, have problems with your boss, you leave. You get another job, have problems with your boss, and you leave. You need to ask yourself a question. Is this a test of God? Will you pass the test or have to keep taking it over and over again? Have you ever wondered why the same kind of situations keep occurring? Do you job hop? Do you always seem to have a grouchy boss? Do you always have a difficult work environment? These are tests. Just as a student is in school, if you don't pass a test, you get to retake it. But it's not too late. You can begin the restart process right now and get back on track Find out, ask yourself, ask God, go to God in prayer. Why does this keep happening to me? What test am I not passing? Now, once you understand this concept, you'll realize how much of a benefit it is to get it right the first time and pass the test on that first time. When times get difficult regarding the level or frequencies of tests, an important scripture to hold on to is... I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. That's Philippians 4, verses 12 to 14. Once you pass a test, God will bring you up to the next level. Just as a child moves through grade levels in school, adults in the will of God move through similar levels. Your response to these tests is important for God to know the level of responsibility he's able to give you. These promotions you receive are not from man, but from God. 1 Peter 5, 6 says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. As you gain an understanding of God's expectations of your work, ask the Holy Spirit to reveal the changes you need to make. 2 Timothy two fifteen says, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a workman who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. Even though some of this may seem difficult at first, it is not. 1 John 5, verses 3 and 4 says, This is love for God to obey his commands, and his commands are not burdensome. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. God will give you the strength you need if you only ask, and then do not think on the way you used to work. Isaiah 43, 18 says, forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. This is a new beginning, one that will lead you towards the will of God for your life. You need to work. You need to realize that God instituted work. God worked. It's his plan. And we are to follow exactly what he did. We need to realize that we work for the Lord. We work for the Lord. We may have regular bosses and supervisors, but ultimately we work for the Lord. We need not to be idle. We need to work because if you don't work, you shall not eat. You need to work. This was God's plan all along. And trying to get something out of a welfare system or try to cheat your bosses to not work, um, that's not it. We need to follow work. It's God's purpose for our life. Remember, he determined where we would live and when we would live. And that's related to our purpose. It's our duty to do and to use what God has given to us. We need to be thankful for our job. And God will test us like that refiner's fire. But focus on how you can better work, how you can better be in the will of the Lord, how you can honor God more deeply by doing your job better. This is the value of work. I want to close with a story. I have friends who are husband and wife. Through unusual circumstances, he was out of work. He knew that he had to work in order to provide for his family. What did he do? He worked without pay for families in need, and he volunteered. He knew the word of God said that if you don't work, you won't eat. So he worked even without pay. His family was fed and cared for by others during this time. God provided, and in due season, he was working again. He proved that the word of God is true. He stood on the word of God, and he kept working, and his family was taken care of, and then everything resolved. The word of God is true. I implore you to stand on the Word of God. If there is a scripture that really speaks to the need in your life, stand on it. That means you confess it, you believe it, you act upon it, just like my friend did. And he proved that the Word of God is true. Thank you all, and I will see you next week. Bye-bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to the Timeless Truths podcast with me, Dr. Christine Van Horn. I hope that you have been inspired and have found this discussion helpful in guiding your family. Please check out my website at drchris.co for additional resources or contact me at chris@drchris.co. See you next week.